What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you, but real quick, you know what we gotta do first. We gotta talk about those things that generate a little revenue for the show. First and foremost, we are brought to you by a brand new sponsor. We are brought to you this week by Milcarb. Does your business or place of employment serve beverages? Milcarb manufactures the equipment that is the engine behind many beverage systems. From nitrogen generators to dispense nitro and cold brew coffee, to gas blenders, to dispense multiple styles of craft beer. They even offer food-grade air systems to help reduce up to 40% of CO2 in restaurants and bars. With over five decades in the industry, Milkheart products are the most trusted equipment for any beverage system. You can check them out today at www.milkheart.com and at Miller Carbonic on Twitter and Instagram. Reach out to Milkheart today for all your beverage system needs. We are also brought to you by the Patreon. That's right, at patreon.com slash Slayer. You can support this podcast for as little as $3 a month, less than a cost of a beer or a nitro cold brew. In addition to supporting the show, on the Patreon, you can get the video versions a week early, get the whole video back catalog, uncensored video versions that aren't safe for YouTube, and other exclusive content. So check that out today at patreon.com slash Slayer. Oh, did I also mention? You can get the audio versions ad-free. We are also brought to you this week by our merch store at anwd.net slash merch. There's constantly new items being added from art prints to t-shirts and other random things in the merch store at anwd.net slash merch. And last... But certainly not least, the easiest way to support this show is twofold. One, go to youtube.com slash and now we drink and just subscribe. It costs you nothing, feeds the algorithm, and boy, we love feeding the algorithm around here. And the second, second real easy way to support the show is retweet social media, share likes, tell friends, just let people know about the show. Just give us a signal boost. It costs you nothing and would help us out a ton. Let's get on with it. My guest this week is adult performer, Ruby Lynn. Ruby and I talked about international travel, award season, some of the realities of working in this industry, and a lot more. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy Drinking Buddies. What's going on? Hello. How Welcome. are you, Matt? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Welcome to Hollywood, California. Thank you. I love it here. When are you going to make the big move? When are you going to just leave Oregon? I want to leave Oregon. I'm tired of the cold weather. My hope is Arizona, Florida, Nevada. But when you have nine grandbabies locally, it's kind of hard to leave. Oh, they'll help you pack. <laughs> yeah, they might. <laughs> 
You know, make them. That's what children are there for, for slave, free slave labor, isn't it? Well, the, you know, when your oldest grandkid is like six, I don't think they're going to help too well. They got to learn young. That's true. <laughs> like, this is how you double duct tape. Right. Um, come on. They're of that generation that are probably going to have to move many times in their life. Right, right. But no, the hope is to move to somewhere warm. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and I'm over it. Yeah, but, you know, everywhere else has sales tax. Yeah, but that's okay. Do you know how to pump your own gas? I do, yeah. Hey, a lot of Oregonians? Yeah. Okay, I I was raised um, up by Seattle. Okay. So born and raised Washingtonian, (laughs) then to Oregon. (laughs) Cool, cool. Yeah, like, I know a lot of, the first time I was in Portland, like, I got out to pump my gas, and someone, like, just almost, like, charged me, like, what are you doing? I'm like... Pumping my gas. Yep. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? They need to do away with it, and I don't know why they don't. People are obviously not complaining enough. They need to go to the streets and protest and have signs and picket. Right. Maybe set a gas station or two on fire. Maybe. Well, the current governor is on her way out. Thank God. So let's see what happens. Well, it's the legislation that you know has to pass that shit. Yeah. You know, but you guys are doing other good things, like you... Decriminalized mushrooms, right? Sort of. So I don't know if you follow. I don't know if the news travels down the coast or not, but someone opened up a mushroom uh, store in Portland, even against all, you know, they're just like, I'm fucking going to open up a mushroom store. And there was lines of people. And I think they were open for about 10 days and then they got shut down. Everybody got arrested. But I love, I love mushrooms. I just wish we could go in and buy it like we do weed now. It's getting there. Yeah. I, mean, I know, at least in the Bay Area, it's decriminalized, and like some head shops are selling mushroom candy bars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is Portland doing much of the same? Or well, from what I know, it's like highly regulated, like through psychotherapy, that kind of thing. So it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. I microdose, so you know, for my ADD, and it saves me. I can definitely tell the days that I don't, you know, I forget to take it because my ADD and it's like, oh, shit, squirrels. I didn't realize it would help with ADD. I might need to start microdosing because I, yeah. I, I macro dose fairly often, mm-hmm. but not micro. Not micro. <laughs> yeah, it was another uh, friend in the industry that actually mailed me some from Colorado and is like, you know, try this. We were talking about it and uh, she's the mushroom mama and got me, you know, I tried it and it was like, oh my God, it's like a whole different world. And so I sourced it locally. Yeah. I don't want to be fucking around with the postal system. Right, right, right. That's how everyone federally goes to jail. And right? it's like, could you bring some of that to Biz Miami? <laughs> Pretty please. Please smuggle drugs for me across the country yes. to red ass Florida. Like, I don't even know if marijuana is uh, recreationally no. legal there. No, it's not. Well, the place where there are regular videos of people like throwing alligators at other people needs marijuana. Like, more people need to be high there and mellow the fuck out. I travel with my capsules. You know, if you have a capsule, they can't, I mean, they're not going to know whether it's your, you know, Advent, <laughs> you know, your med or it's weed. So there's a will, there's a way. Well, and you, you also don't look like a 20 something like, Drug dealer. Although, I have to tell you, so my partner um, is bald, tattooed, looks like he just got out of prison. 
who gets tagged every freaking time through security and, and gets their hands for explosives? Me. Not the guy that looks like he got out of prison. Well, yeah, he's got a shiv, not a bomb. <laughs> Obviously. They don't, te- they don't do bomb making in prison. Uh, Word of advice for those of you who wish to mule drugs. I don't suggest you mule drugs. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't but, be Ruby. <laughs> don't be Ruby. But dro- dogs in airports only have one job or the other. Right. They can't have both. Right. Most of their bomb dogs. So you should be okay. Now, you're doing international customs. Those are drug dogs. I did not. Well. A lot of times. I'm going to out myself. I did take my weed capsules to the UK in March. Oh, well, at least they won't have to trade, you know, a war criminal to get you back if you got caught in the UK. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I don't even want to go about UK. Coming back through customs in Heathrow. Spent two weeks there. Traveled uh, England and Scotland. Dream trip. By the way, paid for by porn. Thank you. Woo! Um, coming back through customs because uh, I had rental. We had rented a castle to do a big photo shoot in Scotland, and so we took you know toys and all this stuff. Coming back through Heathrow, um, they decide to tag my case again. I'm the one. Okay, well dressed. You know, da da da. They open up my carry on because we only did carry on. Through my dommy, my vibrator, out on this thing, have all of, like, my dirty underwear, like, lingerie, threw it out. And I just, I was so tired after two weeks of traveling, I just burst out in tears. And I'm just bawling. And they call, like, the head of security over. And then I kind of went from um, devastated to pissed off. And I'm like, why can't you do this in private? Like, you're touching my personal things. Do you know this has been in my body? That was the wrong thing to say. Oh, no. What happened? Well, they just, like, all these security came. I'm just, like, sobbing. And, yeah, it was it was a big scene. It was it was very – I have PTSD, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not sure I'm going to take my Dommy to the U.K. again. I think you should sue Charles directly. <laughs> yeah. You're king now. This is your problem. That's right. Motherfucker. It was really traumatic, though. So I'm, like – Nervous about international travel a little bit now. Gotta check a bag. Just... Yeah, trying. I was trying to avoid that. Just then, I would lose my sex toys. Maybe. Of all my international travel, the only time I've ever not had a bag make it was going to London. Yeah. And that was completely Virgin Atlantic's fault. So. And we flew Virgin. <laughs> well, to be fair, on their end, I was on like the very first flight from Atlanta to London. When Virgin Air started that route. Yeah. So when I landed in Atlanta from Delta, they just didn't transfer my bag over. So it's either Delta's baggage handlers or Virgin. Like, Right. It got there like a day and a half later. But Yeah. As long as you're on a reputable airlines. Right. So word to the wise, if you're traveling with sex toys coming through Heathrow, I might not advise it. Do they still make you take all your fucking electronics out at Heathrow? Yes. And what they really tagged me from is I had too much makeup. <laughs> They wanted to toss you tax on it? Well, no, I had too many liquids. Uh, It has to fit in like a quart Ziploc bag. And I had my actual, you know, travel case that hangs up. And so apparently like the toothpaste counts as a liquid and everything counts as a liquid. And yeah, that's what they tagged me on. So next time I just won't take as much, I guess. 
Yep, or just risk te- check luggage. Yeah, or risk check luggage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they give you free ones on international flights. It's it's worth doing. Yeah, yeah. True that. <laughs> I also travel with like a massive porno girl sized suitcase, so yeah. I can't bring it on a plane if I want to. Right. Well, domestically, that's how I travel. It's usually like two full size and two carry on. So why wouldn't you do it internationally? Well, because that's that was my first time traveling internationally. Oh, really? We had never traveled. No. Neither, my partner and I had not traveled internationally. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a dream trip. So we had been practicing. We went to Exotica like last October, a year ago, October. We're like, we're, we went to Exotica and then did five days in New York. Where I'm like, we're doing it in a carry-on just to practice. <laughs> so what made you decide to finally make the jump to do an international trip? So we were at Exotica and then went to New York City. We So I am a travel bug. I love to travel. Like, that is my love language. That is really here's – the, here's the tidbit. That's why I got into adult work was to get travel money. I don't know if you know my story. I was a social worker, and they don't make much money. Nope. nope. And sitting there like, how am I ever going to get to Europe? And that's my dream. Um, so started selling dirty panties, and it just – the rest is history. But – we were sitting in New York in our hotel, and I subscribed to, like, two travel websites that, that have deals and, you know, pay yearly fee. Sitting there, and boom, one of them said uh, 22,000 points on Delta round trip any airport, any major airport in the U.S. to Heathrow. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my heritage is England. My dad is English. And I was supposed to go to England when I was in high school. And, like, England is my thing. I'm a royal watcher. I'm sorry. Don't kill me, people. But anyway, I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, dude, we're going. Like, I'm booking it right now on my iPad. We're going. <laughs> and so that's that was the big jump. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So do you regret not waiting this long to fucking finally get out of the country? Um, you know, I have no regrets because it just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right time. Um, you know, I raised, I raised kids by myself and yeah, I just, I never had the funds until I did porn. So now I live my dream life. I live the life that when I, you know, 16 and 18 and 19 year old me dreamed of, I'm living it now at 56. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, every day I get up and I go, holy shit, I'm driving my dream car, I'm traveling, I'm shooting porn with all these amazing people. You could have had this life so long ago, just sold one of the kids. <laughs> They're worth so much money. I do wish I would have started earlier, but I believe everything happens for a reason. And so I wasn't ready then. At 53, I was ready. Hey. You're out there getting it. That's all that fucking matters. Yeah. And and the whiskey's it's kicking in. I gotta I gotta lose a layer here, Matt. You said before the show starts, I am not getting naked on the show. We are like twelve minutes in and tops are already coming off. I'm like, woo! Like ninety-four proof urban's like, oh shit, it's a little warm in here. I gotta lose that jacket. That super reminds me. I need to turn off the air conditioning before it starts. Cause that always happens to me on my podcast. Normally I'm better about it, but it was one of those things where you were early, so I was, like, still in my pre- pre-show ritual. You said 6.45. I was here at literally 6.45. Eh. Well, I said 7, but... Oh. Well, I guess Lainey. Let's blame Lainey. No, no, Lainey. She's not here. She said 6.45. Oh, no, no. Lainey's doing, like, good porn girl publicist work, which is tell them early so they're on time. She forgets I'm early. Yeah. I'm a... I'm old school. Right, but... 
the majority of the industry is late. I know. And I unfortunately sometimes count on that. That's why I was still like only halfway through my cigar. I'm like, oh no, it's it's fine. Did, did I seem upset about this in any way, shape, or form? No. <laughs> my theory is if I'm not early, I'm late. Yeah, and that's the right old school mentality. So many people, so many of these youngins. Right. Right. Yeah. I I one of my previous guests recently I like texted her the door code. You know, 10 minutes before showtime, she's like, okay, my Uber should be here any minute. I'm like, cool. Can <laughs> 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 I have my like when I when it's show night, I block out for right, show night. Like right. people are late, people if I have problems finding parking, if they're local, it I'm not new. It's I'm not never upset as long as they don't just cancel on me. Yeah. No, no canceling. Yep. Yeah, I was bummed that like we couldn't make it happen during why not, but it was so hard. Every single night was an event and um it I just couldn't make it work because I mean, you know, those events I network and you know, just that kind of thing. Shot a lot of collabs during why not. I use events, you know, for that. And so I was sad we couldn't make it work, but I think this is better. Yeah. Because we're, I'm not pressured to get back to anywhere. So here we are. Right. Get good and blotto and just stumble into your Uber later. <laughs> right. <laughs> as long as he doesn't, you know, drive some weird direction or. Oh, gosh. Or accuse you of having infectious diseases. <laughs> yeah. You might. If you're going to keep that in the podcast, you better tell them what that's about. Oh, yeah. Not chlamydia this time. Not chlamydia. Not everyone in the industry has chlamydia, so I've been told. <laughs> so it's like 85, 90%. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, everyone. Like, please don't come for me. They are going to come for you. Are you ready? Yes, I am. You're ready? Yeah. Well, and when they come for you, you get just get more promo. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, well, I'm... Like reverse psychology. Oh, yeah. No, I... <laughs> Believe me, I I occasionally will post some inflammatory, like, out-of-context clips on YouTube just just for the hate yeah. comments. I'm like, thank you for driving my engagement. I have an amazing social media coach that I hired. Um, I'm I'm going on my second year. I just hired her for year two. Um, I'll always do – I always do a plug for her because I just love her so much. Romy Chase is my social media coach, and she has changed my life. I always say that. But she she recently said to me, you need to be a little bit more controversial on Twitter. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, you need to like post some tongue in cheek stuff. Just <laughs> I'm like, okay. So recently I, re I responded to someone who posted about the shutdown and blamed it all. I'm going to get controversial. Oh, my God. I never do. Yay. <gasps> um, blamed it all on OnlyFans creators. And I'm sitting there, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning in my bathrobe, drinking my tea. And, and I'm like, that fucking pissed me off. Like, it's not just OnlyFans creators. You know, why are you lumping them in? You're a business that was built by OnlyFans creators hiring you. And why are you bashing them? Because now I will never do business with you, you know? <laughs> And I responded to that, which I was proud of myself because usually I just scroll by and I just verbally say it to myself and my dog. And I was like, no, you know, I'm going to comment on that. That was hard for me. That was outside my box. <laughs> That's awesome. Look at you, like, just expanding your horizons. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, our only fan creators to blame? Partially. The testing, the failure in the testing systems are partially to blame. 
it's a system. It's a systematic issue. It's not one one group's cause or issue. So that's well, what inflamed me. No, it is not just one group's issue. But the problem is there's less oversight with the OnlyFans creators. So it's easier to blame them. Exactly. Exactly. But it, I was just so shocked. Someone that owns a business built, you know, largely by OF creators and you're slamming them. Not a good look. Let's see how that goes for you. Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of mindset in this business of, well, most performers last six months. So there's a short memory for most things. Right. And unfortunately, that's a lot, you know, a lot of toxic shit to thrive over the years. Right. When Ron Jeremy eventually got arrested, that was like the worst kept secret in fucking in in porn. Mm -hmm. Like almost everyone who's old school who's been on the show is like, oh, yeah, I got a Ron story. I got it now. Yeah, and me being new to the industry, uh, February will be three years. You know, I wasn't aware of any of that. So, wow. And, you know, he opened a sex club in Portland. And the first, you know, within the first couple of weeks that it was open, we went to it. You know, so it was just, the whole thing was shocking to me because I haven't been in the industry for 20 years. So. I haven't been in 20 years. Jeez. I know I'm going gray, but not, it's not quite that bad. How long have you been? Uh, 11 years. Okay. It's according to some people, I still deserve a gold watch for that amount of time. That's where the guest starts to interview the. Well, this is a conversation. This is not just a Q and A interview, so that's a okay. I love that. Yeah, you know, better slow on the whiskey because. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to be slurring my question. Making me very happy. <laughs> that is what whiskey is supposed to do. It's it's the water of life. It's, it's job. It's it's job. I actually want to roll back a little bit. Yes. So when did you discover mushrooms? Well, I discovered mushrooms from... Just her, like just... Yeah, my never. friend in the industry, you know. Oh, never before then? like No, no. I mean, at 50... I'm 55. I'll be 56 on Christmas. Um, I had never done anything with it. And she is a big promoter of the med- medicinal uses of it. And so I reached out to her... And started, you know, messaging. We happened to be in the same uh, uh, coaching group with with Romy. I'm not going to say who it is. But um, I reached out to her and I'm like, oh, my God, tell me more. Because, like, I quit my full-time job in April, my corporate social worker job, to do this full-time. And it's like, I can't get shit done. Like, I, I, you know, before I was working 40 hour day job and then doing 30, 40 hours on cam, shooting content, editing, I mean, you name it. Um, and then I quit the full-time job. Now I'm like, I'm still working those amount of hours, but it's for myself, which is good. But I, I could not get it. I couldn't function. Um, so while I was doing both jobs, I reached out to her and yeah, she sent me some and was like, totally walked me through it. Like start with this start with that amount. And it was just like, boom. I mean, like from day one, like my life got brighter. I'm a big advocate now. I, yeah. Oh no. I'm right there with you. Like during the pandemic, I probably have tripped more in the last two, three years than I had the previous 10. Mm -hmm. Cause it's just like, oh yeah, they're showing that this helps with depression and shit like that. And I'm just locked, you know, locked in here all day during right most of COVID. I'm just like, I'm getting a little stir crazy. And it's, there's something a, a little like societally depressing about drinking alone, but there's nothing wrong with tripping alone. Yeah, I have not taken enough to trip because I'm very careful about it. 
Um, I have high high functioning anxiety, so I'm like I I have to be in control. <laughs> so I haven't taken enough to trip out, but you should you should. I might in a controlled environment at some point. Yeah, definitely doing it in a controlled environment, and no matter what happens, all you got to tell yourself is just stop for a second. And be like, my body will metabolize this. Right. I will be fine. Right. Because there's there's definitely points where like. I was in the middle of a trip in here and I was just like sweating, just sweating. And I'm just like, am I dying right now? Am I like, and it's just like, stop dummy. Right. You're just, your body will metabolize this. You will be fine. And I have this really crazy weird metabolism. So I can't smoke weed. I can literally smoke weed for hours and never get high. I eat an edible. I'm good. So there's some weird shit. I went to Burning Man in 2014. That's a funny story. Oh, I, I want to hear this. <laughs> and bought like this, like a ton of wheat. Like, I don't know, an ounce, something. I bought like this whole thing that I'm hiding in my motor home. We go to Burning Man. But anyway, smoke, 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 smoke. I don't feel anything. Nothing ever. I've gotten vape pens. I've gotten like high. Yeah. I take an edible. 20 well, minutes in and I'm a happy girl. Well, it's because it's processed by different parts of the body. Yeah. So it's so weird. So smoking weed does nothing for me except make me cough. Good on you for that. Like, I I have such a low THC tolerance. Like, I can drink all day, but like, give me smoke, eat, just done. Yeah. Over. <laughs> and, and my partner's like one puff and highest is freaking kite and i'm like okay well i don't feel anything so i'm curious if you'd have a similar effect on like well i mean but you're eating mushrooms so like that would probably be consumed like how your body processes you'd probably probably be okay there if i eat stuff i'm good if i smoke it i yeah doesn't do anything for me nicotine same way you know i never got really into nicotine so that wasn't my jam well I, i'm assuming you're not smoking opiates no, no, no. I do mushrooms. That's it. And edibles, weed edibles. That's it. I'm a, yeah. I'm a good girl. Someday I'm going to try E, though. Hell yeah. Never done that either, but. Look at your whole fucking renaissance. Like... I know. I know. Recently. So... Oh, God. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is the whiskey talking. Recently, someone told me, like, oh, my God, I did anal for the first time, and it was amazing. I did poppers. And me, I'm like, what's a popper? I don't know. I've been a mom and a grandma. I don't know. What, what's a popper? So, fuck, I ran down to the local sex store. I'm like, mm, I need a popper. I haven't done it yet. It's sitting on the shelf. What's, what are you waiting for, a special occasion? Or? Yes. Yeah, I guess. I'm just like. I haven't done it yet, but it's there. It's there. And it was cheap. <laughs> it was like 11 bucks. I'm like, I'm just going to keep it there. I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I wonder if you like would get delisted on like one of the platforms or, like if you admitted that you used a popper before. I don't know. I've never done it, but yeah, somebody told me about it. And I'm like, well, I just want to have it there in case someday. <laughs> I don't want to feel anal. I don't know. <laughs> Hey, gotta, gotta try at some point. I mean, it's there. Did they go bad? I don't think they. No, go bad. it's in a bottle that says something weird like um, nail polish remover or something. <laughs> so, like pre Renaissance, was it just drinking? Was it? Yeah. So yeah, I've always just drank. 
Just a drinker. That's the only thing I ever did. When I was young, I mean, high school, I sold weed out of like a couple of bucks on my car. I was so naughty. Was this up in Washington or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I smoked it a little, but you know, it never did anything for me. So how'd you know if you had a good strain? I don't fucking care. I'm selling all the, I'm in high school parking lot selling it out of the club box of my car. <laughs> so you have a whole career of just helping people. I do. I'm a helper. I'm a pleaser. <laughs> like sold weed, social work, now porn. You're just helping people. You're I'm, helping needy people. I'm helping people. <laughs> just a helper. <laughs> well, and also back in those days, like I'm, I'm not as old as you are, but like I'm still old enough to like strains. Like not like yeah. No, you got what you got. Yeah, I none of that was back then in 1984. I might 84 and 85. Yeah, nothing. I sold it out of the glove box of my 73 Nova Supersport. Yeah, any runs with the law or no? Uh, I got one negligent driving ticket <laughs> when I was in high school. Um, I was a big partier. I hung out with the party crowd. Uh, and my girlfriend and I were coming back from a party out in the woods because I grew up in a small logging town up in Washington. And, you know, I was, you know, doing like 65 and a 25. And I we had a bunch of booze under the seats. We had weed. I mean, that's all you that's all you had in a logging town. And yeah, I got pulled over. Got a negligent driving ticket. That was my only run-in with the law ever in my whole life. Well, knock on wood. Woo! Well, that explains why the customs run-in was so traumatic. It was so traumatic. You're like, I'm not used to this. Yeah, I'm not used to being told. I'm not used to being accosted, <laughs> being accosted by your type law enforcement. Right, right. These bastards. <laughs> How dare they? Don't they know who you are? Ugh, I'm just glad I got I got back home. Right, and they didn't confiscate your makeup or some shit. Yeah, because, you know, I use fucking expensive makeup, and I'm like, if I lose that shit, I'm going to be pissed. Just like, take the toothpaste. That's fine. But do not take the Dior foundation, or right? I'm going to lose it. That is worth more than your weekly salary, sir. Seriously. The pound's weak right now. I know. <laughs> so on the travel front, where do you where do you want to go next? Like, where's next? So, uh, Ireland is definitely on the bucket list. Germany, um, that one is big. And then Greece. I'm literally though, I am such a travel nut. I will go anywhere. I mean, if I get a good travel deal, that's why I subscribe to all these discount travel sites because I'm just waiting for the deal. And that's what you have to do to be able to maximize, like, your points and that kind of thing. Like, I'm a master travel person. All my girlfriends, my vanilla girlfriends are like, uh, they will not they will message me and be like, where's the best deal to Cabo right now? I take it you're a Delta frequent flyer. You mentioned Delta Miles. Yeah, Delta and Alaska. Well, they were partners up until right. the whole Virgin thing. and Right, right. Do you, are you enrolled in Sky Miles Dining? I think so. I don't know. I have everything on on my Delta Amex. It's a third party program. Oh well, maybe I don't have it. So you can enroll any credit card, any debit card, anything. Oh, and you go to a participating restaurant. It starts off at three dollars, three miles per dollar spent on dining. I just learned something new. Oh yeah. So I was a full time road warrior for a number of years. So okay. like, I really learned how to maximize my miles back in those days. SPG was the partner hotel with yeah. Delta. So it's just like. 
okay, I'm staying in SPG properties to get more miles. I'm, I'm dining, like, I'd go into the app and like, okay, what are the participating restaurants near, near me? Okay, let's go there. We're going there for dinner. Right. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to make a note of that. It's absolutely awesome. Like, I went, when I went to, just went to Japan, I went on miles. That's amazing. Could have burned Marriott points to stay at a free hotel, but it was just like, it's a lot of fucking points and they still wanted fucking 100,000 or 10,000 yen. No, 100,000 yen. I'm like, I'm not spending points and cash. Right, right, right. Even if that's like fucking 77 bucks. I'm like, no, I'm not burning a ton of fucking points and cash. Well, and so the travel thing, like when you start learning, that's they say not to do that. Don't do your points in cash. You want, yeah, you don't get the best deal. Well, it was one of those things where like as cash, that was like a $400 a night room. Mm-hmm. So that I understand why they're like, yeah, we want 77. We want a little cash out of you on it. It, <laughs> it wasn't that I didn't have enough points to cover the room. They just wanted cash on top of it, which I had never fucking seen before. Right. And I'm just like, fuck this. Airbnb, 400 bucks for the week. Uh, do it. I did. Yeah. The bed killed my back, but <laughs> but I was at least in the, like, the neighborhood I wanted to be in versus like, you know, more of a downtown Tokyo area and like in a posh Marriott property where I was like, Oh, it's gonna be like thirty minutes to get to where I actually want to be drinking right. and being ignorant. Fun, yeah. I'm hope I hope we can do another international travel this year. We'll see. Like just like in the next month or like... no, like 2023. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Waiting for that deal. They definitely come up. It's wild. Like sometimes some of the stuff, like the number of miles I spent, were literally less than I've spent on domestic flights before. Oh. I- Yes. So funny thing, coming to LA for these three days for this media tour, round trip from Portland, five hundred bucks on Alaska. Couldn't I? I could not, or you know, get it any cheaper. But I got deals to go Amsterdam or some crazy thing for like four eighty seven. I'm like, what? KLM's like, please come to Amsterdam. We need tourism money. This doesn't make sense. You can go to Europe cheaper than you can fly from Portland to LA. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, hmm. Portland's just far enough where it's like, well, I'm not driving this. I hate Portland for the one reason is they do not have direct flights, especially to the East Coast. So anytime we, you know, go to an event in Miami, it's like you got to transfer in Atlanta or something. And or SLC or. Yeah. So it's super annoying. I need a major airport place. I wouldn't say Sky Harbor is any better. So like. I don't know why you want to go to Phoenix. I know, but the sun makes up for it. See, at least McCarran, everyone goes to Vegas direct. Yeah. I can't wait for AVN. Is this your first year? Or? Yes. Yep. First AVN. Hell yeah. Yeah. You signing? Yes. Yes. I um, don't have exact, you know, dates and times and all that, but yes. Do you at least know which booth you're signing for? Uh, No. I do, but I don't want to say. Oh, why? Well, Got to keep something, you know, exciting. What, where people can find you? <laughs> it's like a weird one to hide. I'll actually be at the Chatterbait booth. Cool. Yeah. So what else are you looking forward to? Are you like looking forward to any of the official parties or? Um. So AVN, I'm super excited just to um, m- meet a lot of people that are going to be there. Um, like people I've interviewed on my podcast are going to be there. So I'll get to meet them. That'll be exciting. Um, going to do some signing stuff. I've got a ton of collabs. I'm pretty much almost booked for collabs and, um, 
Yeah, I'm really, I'm super excited about that. I have one creator who has not done a collab before. And so he's a virgin. I'm going to take his virginity. Which one? Oh, I can't tell you. You're going to have to wait and see when I release it, Matt. All right, fine. Oh, you got it. I got to keep some secrets. No, not for me. Not from the internet. Come on. <laughs> this is an open and honest place. Exactly. You know, open like his butthole will be. <laughs> oh, we're not going there. There's oh. no hanging involved. Why not? Bring the popper. Mm. I've been saving this just for you, buddy. There you go. <laughs> Your first collab and open up. Let's do it. Start small with him. Mm. It's his first time. That's right. But I love Vegas, so I'm excited about just being in Vegas. Have a big photo shoot. Uh, one day scheduled. I'll be good. You spent a lot of time in Vegas just for fun over the years? Yeah. Oh, we love Vegas. So we haven't been. Let's see. When did we go to Vegas? October of 2020. So we actually traveled a little bit during COVID. It's okay. Vegas was like, we need your money. Please come. It was weird. In October 2020, uh, actually went there, flew into Vegas. I have three girlfriends that I travel with. They're from my vanilla life, and they're amazing. They know exactly what I do, and they're super supportive. But we always travel once a year, and that year we were hiking Zion. And we already had that plan before the whole shutdown thing, and we're like, fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to mask up and go. So we all flew into Vegas, drove to Zion, and then I came back to Vegas. My partner flew in, and we spent another, like, six days there. During that time, everything was closed Monday through Wednesday. Nothing opened up till Thursday. So for three days, it's like, I can't find a Starbucks. (laughs) So it was super weird, but actually kind of refreshing, too, because it didn't have the huge crowds. Yeah, that's one of the things I despise about Vegas is just... Like even pre-pandemic life, just like there, I'm surrounded by people going woo, woo. Like I'm not selling it well, but like woo, yeah. Like just I've never been inside a casino or a bar before. I'm from some fucking flyover state, and this is my Vegas adventure. Whatever happens here stays here. I can be ignorant as fuck. Like, right? Please get away from me. I just want to play craps. We actually stayed on Fremont Street and not on the Strip. I don't love the Strip. I mean, I find it boring, to be honest. Uh, Fremont Street was a blast. And Circa, the big brand new hotel, literally opened when we were there. So we were there on day one of Circa. Placed my first sports bet. You win? I did. Yeah, I had to mail my ticket back. What'd you bet on? Uh, Seahawks, of course. And um, Kansas City. And won both of them. So I got to send it back and made like $56. Hey. That's half the fun. The way I look at gambling is it's an entertainment expense. Yeah. If I win, if I break even, awesome. If I don't, what other form of entertainment can you expect to get your money back? Right. Right. So any money I take out to gamble with is just considered spent. (laughs) Exactly. So just I don't... Gamble more than I can afford to gamble with. Like, just like, I'm not going to go to the bar and run up a tab I can't afford to pay or go to a, you know, a concert that I can't afford to go to. Right, right. And that's a good attitude. Anytime you do something like that, just consider that money gone. Like, I'm playing for the fun of the game, not necessarily. Like, if I win, cool. If I break even, cool. 
there have definitely been Vegas trips where, like, I've paid for the whole trip with my gambling. There have been other trips where, like, I lost my fucking shirt. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, I took this money out to lose. It's cool. Yeah. I also lived there for three years, so it's like, it loses it loses a little bit of its sheen when you, Absolutely. Yeah. you live there. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, the coolest thing uh, that we did when we were there is we rented a Lambo for the day. And then I hired a photographer that met us out at Red Rocks. And we did a photo shoot. But having that Lambo for the day, that was a dream. That was like the first major expense with porn money was renting that Lambo. And I mean, driving down the Vegas Strip in a Lambo with your pussy out. I have video on my OnlyFans. Like, I have sold that video so many times. Like, Riding in look, a Lambo. Look at me committing misdemeanors in Vegas. Absolutely. But it was so worth so worth the $800 for eight hours. <laughs> That's actually a pretty reasonable price. It was amazing. I'm. It was such a – it was awesome. Like I said, that was the first major money because coming from social work where you don't make money. And so it was like, oh, I really want to do this. Like – I just want to know what the other half lives like. And then that was like, fuck it. Okay, done. So very fun. So what made you decide to go from like party scene in high school into social work? Oh, gosh. Your podcast isn't long enough for that story. Well, we could do do the abridged version. Um, So the abbreviated version is um, I was a party girl in high school, got married really young, got divorced really young, got remarried. Um and then remarried my baby daddy, married to him for like 15 years, divorced. So wait a minute, the, was the baby daddy husband one or husband two? Uh, two. Okay. Two baby. But anyway, I didn't go to college. I actually never went to college until I was uh, 41 years old. So I decided to go to college at 41 as a single mom um, and got dual bachelor degrees. I mean, I just, I'm very focused and very driven and went into social work. I have dual degrees. I just posted on Twitter. It was like, fun facts about me you didn't know. I have a I have a bachelor's degree in public health with an emphasis on community health education and a minor in gender and sexualities. Well, then you could definitely, you know, weigh in as an expert on the chlamydia thing. Yeah, for sure. And I've and I've kept really quiet about it. But and, you know, I have another degree in pre-med, so I could go into med school. And did the social work thing, um, worked with a lot of homeless population, um, a lot of Medicaid. So the community is poorest and sickest people and kind of got burned out. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, there were days where you just go like, yes, you know, I had a big win today. And then lack of funding, you know, that kind of thing just kind of kills your spirit. So um, in the fall of 2019, I was like, I got to, I want to travel. I want more. I want more out of life. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean material things. I just want to enjoy life more. So I was in a Facebook group, a naughty girls Facebook group, and it was called Scarlet's Chambers. And this girl talked about selling her dirty panties online. And I'm like, oh shit, I can do that. Like I make dirty panties. We can, I can sell these. So Immediately went to the site that she talked about, signed up. I just pulled an old pair of panties out of my drawer, took one really awful picture in them, posted it. They sold. But what I didn't do is I didn't treat it like a business. And so it kind of failed after a couple months. And 
So I deleted my account and I'm like, uh, you know, fast forward to like January of 2021 and talking to my partner and I'm like, dude, like, I think if we treat this as a real business and take like professional photos, I have this fancy camera, like we need to hit it again. So sure enough, re rebranded, re changed my stage name did everything, went back on the site, took all these really nice photos, and it just blew up. Like, I was booked out six weeks at a time for panty wear. Well, then the guys started asking for custom videos. I want a picture of you being railed in my panties. I want, you know, X, Y, and Z. So then that bred content. So now we're making content. And being the entrepreneurial person I am, I'm like, okay, I need to find a place to now sell this content that I'm making. So got on many vids, got on, you know, clip site. Then I started researching and came across an article that said, you can earn $10,000 a month as a live webcam model part-time. Well, holy cow. So <laughs> got into live webcam modeling. So how accurate was that number? That number was accurate at like 19, 20 months in. But... But you got to realize, I mean, I wasn't devoting 100% effort to marketing it either because I was working the day job. For sure. For sure. I just know a lot of camels like it is a nine to five grind to like really make money at it. Like you have to like be on at a certain time. Yeah. Your audience has to know when you're going to be there. Like you have to, it's a lot, a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. And I mean, that's the thing with OnlyFans is while I think there was this super tiny little percentage of ladies that were able to just post and blow up during pandemic and make 20000 a month, I, that's not the norm. I mean, I put a lot of work into it. I look at po OnlyFans like podcasting. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, there are some success stories that are making millions. Yeah. There are the people that are like, oh, shit, you're essentially getting <laughs> multi-million dollar Spotify deals out of yeah, the equivalent thereof in OnlyFans. But the average creator, that is not their story. Like how, especially if you are not a household name, right. how do you stand out from the noise? That's right. And that's why, so as a cam couple, uh, totally nailed it. I mean, we were getting, all of a sudden we're getting nominated for awards and stuff like that. So that was really exciting. But uh, fall of last year, so 2021, is when I actually hired a social media coach because social media, you know, is where you're dry, you're getting your subscribers and stuff from. And I'm like, I want to expand out of cam. I love cam. That's where my heart is, but you got to look long-term. And so that's when I hired Romy. Well, it's one of those things like work smarter, not harder. Like yeah. you could definitely make, if you continue to make content and it's popular content, make money on Content you've already made instead of having to be live and yes, bring people in and be like, hi, everybody, we're spinning the wheel. We're, you know, I'm diddling myself. That's exhausting versus like, I diddled myself once on this clip five years ago and it is still making me money. And that was the reason um, that I hired Romy because it's like, okay, camming like 30 hours a week working full time. It's like, I need to learn to work smarter, not harder. And so it's totally paid off. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you have one of the top publicists in the game. I do, and I feel so lucky because she doesn't take many clients. <laughs> yeah, it's it funny when she reached out to me and she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I was 
we already tried to set up this podcast. Yeah, I'm happy to have Ruby on. Like, no problem. Slam dunk. Well, when we when she was doing my media tour for LA, I said, oh, and there's this guy that I tried to do it during Why Not, and we could not make it work because every night we had cocktail parties. So we'll, I'm like, I'm paying her these big bucks. Can you reach out to him and schedule it? Well, and what's funny is like I had to stop myself because like I had met Lainey at AVN years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hi, Matt. I'm Lainey. I'm a public. I'm like, hi, Lainey. Yes, I'm happy to have Ruby on. Like, I, I, I had to stop myself <laughs> and be like, so we met in an elevator at AVN when I was working for someone who you know you were familiar with probably nine, eight or nine years ago. I know exactly who you are. I actually already follow you on social media. Like, but I, I'm just like, uh, yeah, of course. We'll, of course we'll set it up. But I, I, I had to stop myself. I just had to. It was like, <laughs> you don't remember me? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt, Lainey. I'm hurt. But yeah, I could have reached out to you. But, you know, I thought, I'm going to let her do it. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm so busy. My goal for 2023 is to actually hire an assistant. Good goal. Yeah, because I, I'm just like, holy hell. I'm so busy. And I love it. I mean, that's what I want to be. I'm yeah. No, you you want to get to a point where you're delegating some of your business. Yeah. How many successful businesses are one creator or two a creator and one other person? Like, no, very successful creators have teams. Yeah. I need a team to run my social media because <laughs> I reply to every comment on my social media. That's my personal interaction. I mean, at some point, yeah, I probably need some help because I'm falling behind sometimes but these things happen you have to sleep occasionally yeah you have to make new content you can't be responding to them when you're like <laughs> hold on you know keep your dick hard i gotta respond to this tweet and then you know i started a podcast and so it's like okay i've just added one more thing i need to do i need an I, yeah it's so what was the inspiration to start the podcast by the way the inspiration really came from my heart um being a female who didn't get into the adult business till I was 53. It's, I think that us older uh, creators bring a different dynamic to the business. I mean, we definitely have a huge fan base, which I have to say the adult industry for my self-esteem has been amazing. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, but I am focusing on interviewing, you know, a creator's, who are more mature. So I'd say 40 and older. Um, right now I'm focusing on females. I think I'm definitely going to add males because there are some amazing older males who are creating content. Well, and that's the crazy part about this business is the dudes tend to have longer, longer longevity. Well, that's a horrible sentence. (laughs) The dudes tend to have better longevity than a lot of the female performers, just because as long as you can keep your dick up, right. You can keep doing it. Unfortunately, like there's a lot, a lot of hurdles, especially for young performers mm-hmm. in, you know, to have a long career. Like I often tell performers, like there's one Lisa Ann, there's one Nina Hartley, right. like the, they are the 1% of the 1% that like have a career from when they were in their twenties into. And they're still fucking killing it. Right. And amazing. Yes. Versus the amount of people that have fallen off and like left the industry mm-hmm. either by their own choice or not in that interim. I think us mature creators, us, you know, we bring something different. Uh, we have all that life experience, you know, we've you been show married, up on time. we've had kids, we show up on time. We're early, right? We're not early. We're late. 
but and and nothing against the younger creators because man i do wish i would have started younger but um it just that wasn't right the right time for me well and all when it's right also like if you had gotten in when you're younger it was a very different beast even in my time like when i started yes clips for sales was a thing Mm -hmm. like there were a couple other like clip sites but 90% 90% of the work a performer did was studio work. Right. So you had a gatekeeper deciding if you got to work or not. Right. We are in a wild new era where you can be truly self-employed doing this. And I talk a lot with the creators that I've interviewed on my uh, the Granny Panty podcast about they. a lot of them are, you know, the OGs of porn and how now, how empowering it is to own their own content and be in charge of when it gets released, what it's priced at. And so that's been really interesting to chat with them. Yeah, just, oh, hey, I get to make the choice of, that's not a flattering photo. I'm not putting that out. Right. Versus back in the day, like, if someone decided, at Vivid or whatever company decided, like, that's the photo we're using. And if you're not in love with it, it's going out. We own it, yeah. Yeah. Plus, they're telling me that they can choose who they make content with. Whereas before you show up at the studio, I shot a studio scene. Uh, you know, I shot for a studio once. And yeah, I didn't know who I was going to shoot with. And thank God he was amazing. And he's multi-nominated for AVN. So I feel super happy that I- You want to name drop him? Nikki Rebel. All right. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know Nikki. But... He is so adorable and amazing. And yeah, it was fun to shoot with him. And I feel so lucky. That I got to shoot with him. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, there is so much more control over your career. The downside is you don't have the studio's marketing arm right. behind you. And that's why like, I definitely encourage newer performers like, no, go do studio work. Like, Let them market you because they're going to market you in ways that you <clears throat> just can't. Yeah, my, I mean, that was huge for me. My dream was to shoot for a porn studio. I did it. I did it. What studio did you end up shooting? Four. Oh. Shot for 50 plus mils, or that's the website. And my experience was amazing. Yeah. I would love to do a little bit more. I, I don't want to be an only studio, you know, uh, performer, but. Yeah. Now, there's no point in being a house cat at this mm. point. It, it was fun. And yeah. Like, time. The days of being a vivid contract star are gone. Like, right. you're not going to be a wicked girl. You're not going to, like, no one should aspire to that because you're never going to make as much money as you could controlling your own content. Right. The flip side is back in the day, you could be fucking lazy. Like I know people, <laughs> I know plenty of people who are like, Oh, I show up when my agent shows up. I do my scene. I knock it out. Mm-hmm. I go about my fucking life. Like Twitter was not as prevalent. Right. Like you did not have to be as active on social media. You just went and did your fucking job. And then you got to go home and enjoy like, Oh, pretty good money. And, but now it's like, no, no, no. You have to be on the be on the fucking internet. Be interacting with your fans. Be there's so much more that goes into being an adult creator, any sort of creator, but like especially an adult creator, because hell, even in my like, you know, I've never been male talent. I never want to be male talent. <laughs> even in my like end of the pond, I get some demanding motherfuckers. Yeah. And as far as I know, no one's jerking off to me. <laughs> As far as I know. You never know, though. That, that, that was the disclaimer, as far as I know. But I get some... Like, I while I was in Japan, I had a dude slide into my DMs like, bro, I will pay you to suck on someone's tits. Like, I want you to... I just want to do a custom. I'll pay for you to suck on someone's tits. Wow. Like, 
all right. But I also like was like, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to start soliciting my friends or guests to be like, hey, this person can I suck on your tits. Can I suck on your tits? <laughs> I'm getting promises of getting paid for a custom. Right. I entertained it for half a second. I'm like, I told the dude I'd ask around. He's been in my DMs like three more times. Like, bro, any updates? Any updates? I'm like, what is your obsession with me? So, like, do you look like me? Do you show me the money? Is what you need to say. Show me the money, and then I'll book it. Yeah, like I'll give you a producer credit, man. It's cool. <laughs> I, I will go on IMDb, and I will give you a producer credit. There you go. I will abuse my IMDb Pro account. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you a producer credit, but it's still one of those things. Like, I don't want because I'm not male talent. I don't want to like right. solicit anybody. Like. Hey, content trade of me just sucking on your tits for this anonymous dude. No, wait. How much was he going to pay you? <laughs> well, it's one of those you things. Want my cash app? We can do this now. <laughs> well, he said name your price. So, like, it was one. It was up to me to solicit the talent, and to be like, "What do you want for this?" Because I'm obviously not going to take any money for it. Like, yeah. it's a, I don't know. It's it's a weird scene, but like that guy is demanding of me, right? Right. Versus. Someone who actually is a adult content creator. I can only imagine <laughs> how fucking demanding they get. Oh, yeah. Bro, you're asking for, like, a weird oddball special out of me. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Customs are interesting. Got any super weird, weird ones? So one I did recently <laughs> was this guy who, as an adult, caught his mother cheating on his father with a coworker. So, and, you know, this is... Well, he's telling me it's a true story, so I got to believe it. Right. So his dad was out of town. Mom brought the coworker home, thought that him, the son, was at a friend's house. Wait, does he live in their basement? And well, no, this is like when he was younger. Oh, okay. I, like, I, I thought this was like adult child. Like, Oh, so like when he was like 12 or whatever, thought he was spending the night at a we- uh, weekend at a friend's house. But he actually came home early. She didn't know he was home. She brought this guy home, and he heard all this commotion down the hall. So what he commissioned me to do was recreate the scene between his mother and the coworker. So that was interesting. Like, I wonder if that's like his first like sexy, sexy feelings. Like, hard to say. I do a lot of mommy dom stuff, you know, stepmom stuff. Yeah, I'm not here to kink shame people. No, no. And um, I did a whole giant test series for this one guy. Um, I mean, it was like a five video series. That was interesting. Um, that was early on. So probably wasn't my best, you know, work wasn't quality wise. Um, I did do another series for a guy that found me on Instagram, messaged me. And this uh, also was a stepmom thing. And so we, we, I mean, he had the wording. His scripting was like pages, which I like because there's no room for guessing what they want. Right. So that was an interesting series. But I, I hear from other creators, <clears throat> so it's like sometimes dudes ask for ca- impossible camera angles. That like, like, bro, I don't bend that way. I'm a human being. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. You know, a lot, a lot of people ask for like the writing so like cowgirl, reverse cowgirl, and I mean, I'm almost fifty six year old. My knees do not cannot last that long. <laughs> My back only bends. In fact, funny story when I shot for score with Nikki, 
they wanted some of these camera angles where, you know, he's underneath. It's like reverse cowgirl, but I'm way back. And I, I say to Nikki, I'm like, dude, I hope you can hold me up because these knees, <laughs> not in my back, I can't arch that way. So you better be pushing to get that camera angle. Yeah, it worked out. Hey, that's all that matters. <laughs> A lot of people don't want to know how the sausage is made. Like, right. They're just like, they just want the end meal. Like, oh yeah, that was delicious. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect analogy. It's amazing how unsexy porn is. Well, like, when... you have got that right. You've got that right. I often joke, like, you know, one of the times I was peeing, like, the male talent literally, because it was an oil scene, was sliding out of his partner and, like, had to brace himself against me, with me off camera, <laughs> like, stop from sliding out of her. Like, so. Have you ever had one of your friends like brace themselves against you while they have sex while covered in oil? Because I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, shooting content is interesting. That's for sure. I'm all for these people's sexual fantasies. Like, I'm not here to like. I love it. I love. I want more fetish scenes. I mean, it makes me expand as a creator. Because, you know, you get stuck into the solo masturbation or the boy girl, girl, girl. It's like, I want something a little different. Bring it on. What are you into for yourself? Ooh, me? Yes, you. I get this all the time on live cam. Like, what turns you on? How are we going to mount? Oh, God. Now, now I'm just a hack cam? Fuck. Should I be throwing you tokens while we're doing this interview then? Oh, yes, please do. It's been slow lately, so come on. <laughs> God damn it. Like, I'm a hack cam fucking audience member. God damn. Ouch. You come on my show and just stab me right. Like, twist the knife. Ow, fuck. <laughs> this is what... This is what the people who fapped me ask me all the time. You unoriginal fucking hack. What turns me on? You got anything else for me, Matt? Like, uh, oh, ow. Like, I'm going to go die. Uh, like, please call 911 to dispose of my body. You're good. You're good. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm pretty basic. I'll tell you what turns me on more than anything. I love to watch a guy stroke and come for me. Okay. Me knowing that I have gotten him to that point or turned him on. So even on live, you know, when I'm streaming live cam, I want you to share your cam. It's like when I see you stroking and I mean, just thinking about it, like I'm like, oh, there are a lot of chairs for a reason. It's fine. <laughs> but um, that is really what turns me on. I do have a thing for redheads. When the gingers come into my cam room. Kind of like the gingers. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> understand they have no souls oh no they do they do they have beautiful souls and they need to share it with me they're translucent they have no souls you can't <laughs> I, I can see right through them they have no soul <laughs> and it's okay i actually have a weakness for redheads too so isn't it it's just a, oh yeah hmm. i never really realized i had that until like maybe the last couple years but yeah Love it. Any celebrity ginger crushes? Oh, man. Are you into Bill Burr? <laughs> Dick Dangle. Oh! <laughs> calling out the other podcasters. <laughs> I don't know that many redheads. <laughs> That's the only redhead I know. Yeah, I, There's well, a couple in the vanilla world. Yeah. Redhead. I mean, Bill Burr, before he lost his hair, was a redhead. There you go. <laughs> Jesus. We might need more whiskey before we attack that. <laughs> oh, there, it is a self-service show, as I said. Good thing I, I'm not driving. Right. 
I don't get my guests drunk. They get themselves drunk. I just provide the vehicle to do that. You do. <laughs> Matt got me drunk. No, no, no. You poured yourself as much whiskey or as little whiskey as you wanted. There you go. See, I'm, I'm, I'm being a good girl. Golf clap. Golf clap for that. <laughs> like, I'm on my third glass, but. You are. Yeah, I do this for a living. The old tub. I love whiskey. Same. I really enjoyed in Scotland the uh, scotch tasting because I haven't loved scotch. It's like, you know, jet fuel. I'm not into the smoky flavors. Learned a trick in Scotland, though. What's that? Sniff the back of your hand before you take it. Guaranteed. Do you have scotch? (laughs) Siri apparently didn't approve it. Siri did not like that. Nope. I do have some scotch. I do. There. You should try it. So you take a drink, and then it's gonna it's gonna burn like a mother. And then you sniff the back of your hand. Take another drink. Do it. Do it. I mean, do it. Do it. Do it. What What is the stench of like lube and fucking semen gonna do to fucking the whiskey? You have that on the back of your hand. Maybe. I'm doing a podcast with you. I'm not touching you. I don't see anything flaking off though. I think you're teasing me i might be i might be lying <laughs> i might be doing a bit it, it might be a thing <laughs> nope hand just smells like hand no seriously try it that is a technique in scotland for drinking scotch i don't want to have to like do a fucking weird routine to fucking drink my alcohol i want to just drink my alcohol okay you want that burn you want the scotch burn no i don't that's why i drink bourbon I'm not a scotch fan. That bottle of scotch is about a year old because Anna DeVille makes me buy her scotch every time she does There that. you go. Woo! Anna, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she's, she's like, oh, no, no, no. It has to be from this region of Scotland. Like, she's... she's I guarantee you, you should grab some shot glasses. You're not supposed to shoot scotch. Well, you know, taste it. You don't want it in a damn tumbler. Why not? Like we're drinking 94% proof whiskey. How we do around here is how we do. I mean, the kernel over there is 100 proof, so. Holy shit. I'm glad I didn't pick that one. For my own financial reasons, same. Because <laughs> uh, that bottle costs more than that handle does. Uh, try Akatoshin for scotch, if you like scotch. I don't like scotch, though. Well, Jesus. What am we going to do with you? Drink bourbon? Rye? Continue to podcast? Um... <laughs> Continue to be alive? I don't know what I'm going to do with me. Like, you think I got a five-year plan or something around here? What is your long-term plan, Matt? Yeah, I'll probably drop dead on stage at AVN some year. Oh, God, I hope not. Are you going to AVN? Probably not. Ex-Biz LA. I, I, I mean, I You're guess. here, you should be I, going. I, I, I kind of have to. This, <laughs> the host hotel is walking distance from here. Yeah. I, I kind of have to. Okay. Like, I have to, I have to drop XBiz in an email because a little, a, a little shade to XBiz, and like this is a little bit of my ego talking, but like mm. a little shade to XBiz. I put in for a media badge, yeah, and probably whatever fucking intern they have running that email address is like, so tell us a little bit about yourself in the show, and I'm like, and it took a lot, a lot, a lot of fucking willpower to not just. Respond back. Well, respond back with a link to every mention of a now we drink on xbis.com. 
Yeah. It, it took. I'm a fucking 2018 Xbox nominee. Like it took a lot. And a 2023 AVN nominee. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I was actually a, a 2018 Xbox nominee for my acting, for actual acting. Gotcha. And it's just like motherfuckers, you nominate me. There's pages of. Take note, Xbiz. Yeah. It, multiple people were like, it's probably some dumb intern running it. Relax. I'm like, mm-hmm. my ego was like, for a second, it was like, seriously? You're not going to even bother to like, you're not going to even bother. You're not. So, yeah, are you not, you're not going to go? I'm going. I'm going. Okay, good. But I, I responded back to the email with something civil <clears throat> after like a week and a half. Yeah. But I got word back to like from a publicist friend who's like, Xbox says they don't have an email from you. I'm like, <laughs> take another shot, Matt. Take another shot. After all that, after Matt making me just like, I'm not so egotistical where it's like, if the LA Times is like, so tell us about the podcast, I'd be like, so, and now we drink is this. Right, right. But it's like, we have a, re- a business relationship. You have published multiple press releases, you have nominated me for an award. Why am I having to justify to you who I am? Yeah. I'm the media, goddammit. <laughs> the fucking media. <clears throat> and now I'm an AVN nominee for just this podcast. <laughs> Not even my on-screen work. Amazing. I'm so excited. I'm excited. You be so proud. I kind of am, but it's like, also, they nominated like every adult fucking podcast. Who, I feel like the only reason your show wasn't nominated is because it's so new. Oh, gosh. I'm not even expecting that. Like, I do the Granny Panty podcast. I think I told you off off camera that I do it because it's a passion project. Like, I love it. Oh, my God. I'm talking to these iconic porn stars, people in all aspects of the adult. As someone who, like, professionally produces other people's podcasts <laughs> and deals with a bunch of people that start podcasts and then stop them very quickly. Yeah. Don't get in this if you don't love it. Like, if you don't love exactly. it, do not do it. I, I love it. I You know, I was telling you earlier that, like, some days I'm like, oh, crap. I got to get online. I've got to answer OnlyFans DMs. Like, I just want to edit. And actually, the days that I used to film my own content, I'm now interviewing podcast people. And I'm like, oh, crap. I haven't filmed any new content for, like, three weeks. I guess I better get on that. Right? Someone wants to see you play with yourself. God damn it. I yeah, it's fun. I never expect to earn any money from it. I just love chatting. Well, and that's the thing. No one should be getting into podcasting and this think they're gonna get rich. Yeah. Like I have a very canned speech for new clients, which I, I will relate to you here, folks. <laughs> so no matter what you think of Joe Rogan's content, no matter what you think of Joe Rogan as a person, you have to admit the Joe Rogan experience is a massive podcast. Yeah. It took Eight years for Joe to be a massive podcast. And you have to look at the fact that Joe Rogan was a nationally touring comic on multiple sitcoms, the host of Fear Factor, the voice of UFC, the UFC, and it still took eight years for it to be a massive show. So if you think you are going to be a massive show overnight, you are deluding yourself. Yeah. Why is anyone going to find your anonymous ass? How are you going to stand out from the noise? Because you could have the best content in the world. How is anyone going to fucking discover it? Right. I was so excited. I have 106 subscribers. I'm like, yes. That's fucking awesome. Because I had a a YouTube channel 
in my vanilla life. I did makeup review. <laughs> I don't think I hit 100 subscribers back then. But yeah, one of my videos has like 394 views. And I'm like, OMG, I've made it. I made it. A little insider pro tip. Make shorts. Yeah. Make YouTube shorts. Yeah. YouTube is trying to compete with TikTok and is pushing the fuck out of them. I will make nonsense shorts. Like, literally, I had someone comment on one of the shorts I posted a day ago. Like, this is completely out of context. How is this going to drive traffic to the podcast? I went, um, because it had 3,500 views in under an hour because of the shorts algorithm. And this is why I need an assistant because it's all these things, all the things I need to be making TikToks. I've got to be on Instagram. Well, uh, the problem with TikToks is like YouTube shorts. If you make anything remotely adult on TikTok, they will fucking mute. I've already been deleted. Yeah. I didn't get deleted, but I got fucking muted. Like I posted a clip of Nathan Brosnan talking about fishing a makeup sponge out of his co-star. Ooh. These things happen. Yeah. And it muted like. Instantly. They, they didn't give me a strike or a warning, but they're just like, this content's not appropriate. We're muting it. I'm like, cool. During X-Biz Miami, I got my TikTok deleted, and I was so upset. I have never gotten a social media uh, account deleted. Thank you. Thank you so far. But I had a ton of OF subscribers from TikTok on that account. So it's taken a while. I not even at the level I was with that account, I have to admit. I did not want to do OnlyFans. I put it off for like two years in this business. I really just want, I mean, I tried it, but when I hired Romy, I rebrand, you know, did the whole new thing because I didn't want people to have to go to another site to put their stuff in, you know, to, to get that content. But I'm glad I did now. OnlyFans is a household name. Yeah. Patron or Patreon, excuse me, Patron. Uh, yeah. Over there somewhere. <laughs> um, is a household name. Yeah. YouTube is a household name. So that's where you want to go. Well, and because people already have accounts there, though, just like, yeah, right. yeah, whatever. I got it. Done. Exactly. I realized, yeah, that I was leaving money on the table by not doing OnlyFans. And holy hell, was I leaving a lot of money on the table. Hey. <laughs> I'm a dude. When I, I blow, I want to roll over and it's like, uh, good night. You're fall asleep on set? Absolutely. No. <laughs> I am not the like, let's cuddle and let's kiss and I want you to do after you can. I, I just got a visual of you like on the score set, like of your you know, your scene partner being like, Hey, hey, uh, wake up, wake up. We're That's a studio. <laughs> <laughs> that is all business. That's like we both like get get again, boom, out of here. It doesn't mean that like biologically it doesn't mean like biologically you were just more like, oh, I'm done now. Yeah, so I am definitely the dude in any relationship I'm in because it's like get down, get in, and get off. <laughs> I am ready to go to sleep now. Thank you. Like, Thank are you, you. Come again. <laughs> are you still touching me? Exactly. Thank you. Come again. Yeah, I'm totally the dude. I'm not a cuddler. Why do you think that is? Because I'm dominant. I think, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm not really, <laughs> I just want to get it done. You know, gonzo scenes are my thing. Like, I love gonzo scenes. 
It's like pains me sometimes to have to think of a plot. I'm like, okay, let's think of a scene. Like I met you at the bar. I'm bringing you home. And I'm like, really? I just want to like fucking go at it. And let's. Well, yeah, but I'm talking IRL, like real life. Like In real life. I am not cuddling. I always apologize to my partner. I'm like, <laughs> like, sorry, bro. It's like jail again. Well, it's like what you see is what you get. WYSIWYG, right? Remember that term in like the 90s? The WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Like, I will try to meet you where you're at. I will try. I will try. But yeah, my sexual flavor is like, let's get it down. Let's get it on. And you get out. <laughs> you ever like send him to the couch afterwards? Like, Oh, no, 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 no. A little ass to ass, maybe, but onto to the couch, never. Well, I don't know. Like, you might be like, I sleep alone. Get the fuck out. Yeah, there you go. No. You've been, you've been used for what you're good for. Get out. I'm just not a cuddle bug. But, you know, I always try to meet my partners where they're at. And he's accepted it at this point. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I'm dominant. It's like you accept it or you don't. Right? You accept it or you go to the couch. Yeah. So, like, with your current partner, who moved in with who? Or did you guys move in together? Like, um, So, we never lived together prior. Um, basically, it's like two. we were two single parents. Both had our own independent households. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Like, you do it for me and I do it for you. And so, let's just buy a house together. <laughs> And that's the way we became the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Literally. So. Well, and that's cool. Like, you know, I think it's a it's a healthier way to, like, come together than, like, oh, you move someone into your space or you move into someone else's space. Nah. Because I'm dominant. <laughs> my space is my space. Is he completely down to, like, move to somewhere warm? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's the dream. And, well, you know, it'll happen. I'm dreaming, I'm living my dream life. It's going to happen. Well, just because it's your dream life doesn't necessarily automatically mean that your par- it's your partner's yeah, dream life as well. Yeah, it's our dream life. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it's, it, I feel that's an important distinction. Yeah. No, every decision is made together. I think I read somewhere that y'all were swingers before. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> as she reaches for the drink, she's like, which, "Which one should I start with first? <laughs> like, oh, door shit. number one or door number two? Both doors are yo know, very necessary. Yeah, yes. Uh, so I've been in the swing lifestyle for about fourteen years. Um, Ron well, Jeremy opened a club in Portland. So, way like to I, bury the lead on that, by the way. Like, you're like, oh, I just got into like, you know, in the industry for like three years. And you're like, oh, yeah, didn't mention like my years of swinging. Yeah. 14 years of swinging. Actually, not that active in it anymore because of the adult industry. Dirty civilians. Yeah. Basically, you, you are fucking spot on it's true it's like now i want like full testing i mean like i don't even want you to lick my pussy no (laughs) but also don't have time for it um still really active you know we go to the local meet and greets because those people have become our friends for 14 years and the meet and greets are fun (laughs) they're funny everybody's very friendly i feel like if you're swingers you kind of have to be yeah yeah. Like, who wants to fuck the dickish swinger? 
I mean, really where the funny thing happened is in my college degrees. I have a minor in gender and sexualities. And so, you know, starting to learn about, I educated my uh, teens very early on. We had a very open communication household. I was the only mom that I knew of that kept a drawer full of condoms because it's like, if you're going to be stupid, be safely stupid. Um, But yeah, you know, going to college and learning, oh my God, like if, if you have a word on your finger and you finger a female, you could give her genital warts, you know? And so I, it was my mission to educate my kids because who was going to do it? My parents never educated me about anything. I'm sure in your generation, hell, in my generation, it wasn't great. But I'm sure in your generation, like, it was some puritanical bullshit. Well, it just, it was never talked about. Right. Well, because this is like, oh, that's not proper. Like, you're not supposed to enjoy sex. You're just supposed to, like, pump out children. Exactly. Yeah. Like, your goal in life is to be barefoot and pregnant. You know, no. So I, my goal was to educate my kids fully. And so we had some of the most crazy dinnertime conversations. And I tried to make it fun, but I also wanted to educate them. And even now as adults in their late 20s, <laughs> they're like, I remember that time mom told us about like, if you have a word on your finger, you should not finger a girl. <laughs> but yeah, very open-minded. As you should be. Like, It's fucked up that like, there are still people in modern America like who are afraid to talk about sex with their children. Right. Like it is. It's your duty. It's your duty. And it's fucking everywhere. Like yeah. the fact that like some people are effectively getting sexual education from Pornhub is fucked up. Yeah. Like this is not educational software. Right. Right. It's like you shouldn't learn about guns from fucking action movies. You should not learn about sex from Pornhub. Right, exactly. And even with all that open-mindedness uh, with the kids, I still have one adult child, my own you know, blood that has disowned me for my uh, adult content career. Sounds like their problem. It is their problem. I mean, it was devastating because I can't see my grandkids. Um, and literally, like, I, I literally had a mental health breakdown. Um, but then when I, you know, got the support I needed, realized that like, I'm 55 years old or 54 years old. You're, you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do. And I raised you to be very open-minded, accepting, like some of my best friends are trans. Like I took them to drag shows. I mean, like I expose them to things that they should be and, and to guarantee that they were open-minded and yet still. Did they voice why it was an issue? You know, uh, not really. Uh, had a little bit of issues with that adult child um, coming mostly from the spouse. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, and then when we were outed, we were outed to our adult kids. Um, a childhood friend of theirs saw us on Pornhub screenshot it and text it to all of our adult children we kept it secret for 19 months i thought that was pretty good 19 months and it's one of those things like you you just proved it like something i say all the time is like before you do this everyone you know is going to find out and we knew that we knew that we just we were planning to tell them at last year at christmas but it kind of got out before merry christmas merry christmas mom gets railed out of the internet we are fucking on cam but anyway, so when that happened, 
we were actually on live cam and got a text from one of our adult children, <clears throat> our daughter, and said, I need to talk with you immediately. And it's like, oh, that feels a little weird. So um, anyway, she was sent a text that all of our adult kids were. And so what we did is we sat down that minute, said, yes, this is what we're doing, um, and called each child. And and the one that decided to disown us said, I never want to speak to you again. And until you quit doing that, we won't speak to you again. And we're like, yeah. I mean, it, it hurts to lose that access to your grandchildren. But then also, like, if I were just to turn over and say, yeah, you're going to control, you're going to determine what I'm going to do, that's not a good example either. Not very dumb. No. Well, and just, I mean, at 50-something years old, nobody's going to tell me what I can or can't do. And why are you surprised I'm doing this? Right. <laughs> Given my history, you know, of educating you to be open-minded and the kids used to tease us around the dinner table that they could hear us. Why are you surprised about this? You shouldn't be surprised. I mean, even if you are surprised, you're a goddamn adult. Yeah. I hope they didn't think they got here through immaculate conception. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just a weird deal. Like, uh, a lot of outside influence for that child, unfortunately, and um, a lot of conservative influence. Well, it's just one of those things like, oh, mom definitely got down before you existed. Yeah. And you're trying to improve your lot in life. Like, that has been the overarching theme of your whole story. It's like, hey, yeah. I want to improve my lot in life. Like, life is not over. I'm I'm in my 50s, and I want to fucking just improve on it. So are you going to fucking support mom in a lifestyle that she wants to be accustomed to? Right, right. If you're not, fuck yourself. Like, And it doesn't affect you. Like, right. unless your friends are on Pornhub or some campsite, which if they are, awesome, come tip me. <laughs> right? But yeah, it's just been a really weird, you know, and like I said, I was devastated for a really long time and, and had a little mental health breakdown. But then... You know, what can you do? You can't control people. I no. don't want them to control me. I can't control them. You can't. And that's the thing. You have to. There's some things that are beyond your control. And yep. you just have to go, okay, that's how it is. And, you know, it's a theme in my life of always trying to control my situations. And I can't. So kind of freeing, actually. And all the other kids, by the way, were 100% supportive. We called every adult child that evening and said, heard you got a text and just want to let you know it's true. And all the other ones, extremely supportive. Do any of the other ones like give the unsupportive one shit about? So funny thing, the unsupportive child has um, completely banned every other family member, like blocked on all social media, won't take calls. Does I mean, like they've isolated themselves because of the um influence they have from outside sources in their life well i'm trying to be politically correct <laughs> so their spouse really hard yes so their spouse sucks. yeah their spouse is conservative family um we were completely blocked on everything so yeah and well, so is the rest of the kids because they support they don't judge us and so they were treated the same which makes me sad because I don't want to be the reason that they don't have a relationship. But you are not the sibling. reason. Your child made the fucking choice. Yeah. You are not. You nothing you did. Yeah. 
They made the choice to isolate themselves. Right. They made the choice to cut these people off. And hopefully later in life they went, oh, shit, I fucked up here. I, I am not a religious person, but I send up some praying vibes or some vibes all the time that eventually someday um, that they will see the light. Well, <laughs> they will see the light. Just think of it this way. Statistically, he's going to divorce that conservative wife. I hope so. I mean, so. math is in your favor on that. And then. That was my outside. No, wait. That was that? My outside voice? My inside voice? <laughs> But statistically, he'll divorce her at some point, and then yeah. he'll be all alone, and then be like, "Whoops, I fucked up here." Yeah, and I hope so, right? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm. I miss my kid. I miss my grandkids, but I'm just, you know, playing the numbers here. Yeah, I hopefully, you know, hopefully someday my grandchildren will, you know, want to reach out. They're very young, so I could be dead by then. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm at peace with it. I'm at peace with it. It destroyed me for like 18 months. Like. That justifiably so. Like, yeah, it destroyed me. And then finally it was like, okay, you know what? I'm the boss of me. Well, that's going to be a super fun conversation that your you know, child has to have with your grandkids at some point. Be like, so yeah. why is grandma not around? Well, uh, 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 uh. And who knows? Who knows what they're saying? I have no idea. Like, but how do you even spin that? Like, oh, grandma did some naughty things? Like, the fuck? Like, grandma was living her life, being her own person after an entire life of trying to please everyone in her life. Everyone else, you know, at 50, she had this epiphany. And right. Hopefully. I don't even know how they would even try to spin that. I don't either. And, you know, I figure my great, is it my great or my great, great grandma? grandmother ran the biggest whorehouse on queen anne hill in seattle i'm told <laughs> so i'm like i'm just like fifth generation let's family tradition family tradition <laughs> like we came over here from england and then we started whoring yeah let's do it <laughs> well and that's the thing it's like if you look at it objectively like sex work is one of the easiest ways for women to have upward mobility yeah yeah why would anyone fault them it's your fucking body, like, what? I, I, that mindset from your child is just so fucking foreign to me. Like, like my mom, my mom was a like a lifestyle dom, mm-hmm. and it was just like very cool. Yeah, she had a rack in her living room. As a teenager, at one point, like my cousins came by, she like threw a sheet over, and, like, do not tell them what that is. Oh, but it's just like okay, that my mom's living her fucking life. Yeah. You know, it's what it is. Like, the idea of, like, shaming another adult human being for trying to live their fucking lives. Like, the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. The cool thing is now is the kids that are accept, you know, who support us, uh, which is the rest of them, you know, like, at Why Not, they're, like, texting, did you win the award? You know? It's like, no, I didn't. But so it's kind of fun. And, you know, it's like you just tell them enough, but you don't tell them details. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to hear about their parent getting it in. Yeah. Or, you know, grandma's out there. Yeah. Collabing with all these 23-year-olds or whatever. Right. <laughs> they don't need to know about that. Grandma's fucking people that are closer to your age than hers. Oh, uh, yeah. That is damn true. <laughs> 
she's enjoying every fucking minute of the, that young cock. <laughs> oh, gosh. At what age are you not supposed to be a fucking human being anymore? Right, right, right. Like, that's some ageism bullshit. Like, oh, if you were 20, like, oh, hey, it's fine. Go do, like, whatever. But, like, oh, because you're a mother and a grandmother. Like, right. you're not allowed to fucking live your fucking life? Fuck that. I am put on this earth to break down those stereotypes. That's my that's my mission. It's a good mission. Yeah. It's an absolutely good mission. Like, there should not be a, oh, hey, you have to be a responsible conservative adult at this age. <clears throat> right, right. At least for myself, like, I'm 41, about to be 42. I'm like, Oh, I are, I'm already in a fictional age because I never thought I was going to be this old. This is like someone's parents' age. How old are you? 42? Almost, yeah. Oh, my God. You don't look like it. Aw, aw. Flatter will get you everywhere. I'm not I'm not just saying that. I was like maybe 35, 36. I am pretty fucking gray. Yeah, but you know, people are going gray earlier. Yeah, life's stressful. There was a gal on the airplane that was gray and had a baby. I'm like, nah, she's on her 40s. I bet she's in her 30s. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'll be 42 in February. Yay! Yay! My dick still works. I'm. That's all I'm happy about. That's like, amazing. My dick still works. I have most of my hair. Like as an old fat Jew, like I should be really balder than I am. So, <laughs> like it comes from my mother's side of the family, and like they're all fucking bald. I'm like, I got this much hair left. Fuck yeah. Well, you know what they say about bald guys. They're bald. Grass doesn't grow on a busy street. Yeah, but that that's why that's shaved, not that. Uh, no, like, but that's down here in your... Mm, oh, yeah, yeah that, mm. that's why that, that's bald. Like, this, like, I, I mean, I'm not really, like, ramming my oh, head in. You're bald because the girls are rubbing their hands through your hair because it's right down there. Well... I just taught you something. I, I'll run with it. Run with it. You it, want to embrace baldness. Well, I need to shave my head again because it, it's awkward at this Redheads and bald are my... <laughs> that's my jam. Well, I, I, thank you. Thank you, Leonardo DiCaprio, for making dad bod cool. Like, I love dad bod. <laughs> like, yeah, like 2023, it's like, oh, dad bod's fine. Like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm embracing it just out of lifestyle choices, not because it was, it was not a conscious decision. We just got here. I love it. I'd love it. You know, that's a thing I think too about uh, mature creators. I'm, I'm like, I'm like rewinding and spinning this. Is Feel free. I, I get this damn question all the time. Does size matter? You know, da da da. Hell no. Size does not matter. How's your tongue? Seriously, uh, size does not matter. So I know some girls it does. Oh yeah. But us, I think us mature creators. I can't speak for everyone, so don't come for me. Don't come for me. Uh, but size does not matter to me. You know what I'm attracted to is your personality. Um, how fun are you? So yeah, on cam all the time, I always get that. I have a four inch dick. Does it matter? Hell no. How fun are you? Right. Are we going to go have drinks? Are you taking me out? Like, how's your tongue? I don't care. Do you have a belly? Sure. Okay. So I'm not perfect. I have scars and stretch marks and. Hey, from what I've been told, my gut like feels good running against your clit and fucking missionary. There you go. What I've been that talking. friction. Yep. 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 And at the end of the day, like anyone who's just like, oh bro, I can't look. like bro. Bro. What do you what do you actually offer? Like what Exactly. No one wants to fuck the pity party. I love that. I love that. Are you funny? Like do you do you create something? Like Yes. 
Are you passionate about fucking anything? People are attracted to people that are passionate about stuff. People that bring value to their lives. Yeah. If you're just a fucking cog in the wheel and all you do is exist to make someone else fucking rich and you're miserable every fucking day and lament your life about, oh my God, I can't get laid. I hate my job. Why does anyone want to be around you? Right. Why? Why would anyone want to fucking be around you? The biggest attractions to me are your sense of humor. I love sense of humor. Um, Can we have a good, awesome conversation? Maybe we disagree, but I love it. Like, let's bring it on. It's not the size of your cock. It's not the size of your belly. Like, come on. I'm not perfect. Why do I expect you to be? Even And the thing about it is even people that are, quote, perfect, I, I, I... yeah, no, to humble brag, I have fucked some people that are, you know, quote, perfect. Right. And they all have self-esteem issues. Every last one of them is like. We all do. Yeah, every last one was like, oh, that dimple or that, you know, yeah. that mole. Like, girl, I would crawl over broken glass to fuck you again. Like, right. d- don't get it twisted. But because you exist in yourself. Yeah. You can't see the big fucking picture. Yes, everyone wants to fuck you. But you still see that fucking imperfection in the goddamn mirror. Absolutely. And it can be lifetime. So I'll tell you something about me. I used to be 100 pounds heavier. Um, At age 38, I decided to take my power back. I was in an abusive marriage um, and lost that 100 pounds. But I mean, the dude only weighed 100 pounds. No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, (laughs) he actually did. So maybe I lost 200 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. but yeah, I forget what I was saying. Sorry, I didn't mean. You applied, you applied me with too much Elijah Craig, and you I'm like, pl- what pl- was I saying? You applied yourself. You you were telling me about how you got out of your abusive relationship. You lost a hundred pounds. Oh, so hundred. Sorry, I mean, I interrupted you with a bad joke. Yeah, I'm like, where was I? But anyway, um, I think we we're talking about body imperfections, yeah. and so yeah, every time I look in the mirror, I still see that person that was a hundred pounds heavier, you know, but. I think that's what makes us who we are. Like for, I'm very non-judgmental, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. God damn it. Sorry. I didn't you know, mean- as the podcast gets on longer, I think my brain is a little more jello and my bladder is really full. <laughs> well, if you can hold it for a, a little bit longer, we're almost done. Okay. Okay, cool. I'll try. If you. If you need you to pee, tell me I needed to wear panty liners to this uh, podcast. Once again, it's a leather chair for a reason. <laughs> Whatever happens, uh, let's wipe right off. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you there. I'm, <laughs> I'm so derailed. Where are we? <laughs> Hollywood, California. Hollywood. Yes. I love Hollywood. <laughs> like, we were talking about serious stuff about body issues and like body issues, body image. Yeah. Oh, no. And I uh, like, I have never in my life like pulled a weak move or like, oh, you know, I, I I'm self conscious. Like at the point where someone wants to get naked with me, I'm like game on. But objectively looking in the mirror, I'm like, this is where you want to be. All right. Yeah. Yeah. At the point where you want to get naked, it's like okay, cool. We're we're here. This is the point. This is where we're getting to. Right. And then that's the thing, no matter who you are, that's where you should be. Like you can have those self-esteem issues, but the minute someone else like that you're into 
is like, hey, I would like to inquire about getting naked with you. Yeah. You should be like, full steam ahead. Yeah. Full steam. I know where I was going with that. Thank you. I just got it back. So early on in my career, I mean, I have scars. I have, you know, I am 50 something. I have been around the block. I've had lots of surgeries. I mean, and I used to spend like an hour trying to conceal all those imperfections. And eventually, I mean, there was a point where I didn't have time or something. And it's like, no one said anything. And so I'm like, oh my God, why am I doing all this? They still like me the same but yet, you know, I probably tried to like use, con- you know, conceal. I mean, all these if you things. were doing it for you, that's cool. Yeah, I kind of was, but also for like, it was a low self-esteem thing. But as time went on now, I don't cover up any of that. It's like, I, it is who I am. And yeah, I'll just get more tattoos. <laughs> and I'm sure you have fans who are like, oh, your scars are hot. I'm sure. Sh- well, and and you do get the original, you know, the one-off that's like, why do you have that scar around your stomach, you know? Well, because I used to be 100 pounds heavier. That's why I have that scar, you know? So that has become, um, I almost never get questioned now. Early on in, in my uh, career, I did. And it was really like, oh, my God, like, I need to cover it up. But now I kind of wear it as a badge of honor. And it's like... If you're more focused on that stretch mark or that scar, you're not the fan I really want. Right. I want the fan who likes me because I'm sassy, I'm classy, you know, I'm a little bit smart assy. <laughs> it's like if you're looking at that scar down there on my stomach, well, I'm not for you. Right. Move on. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. You don't have to, like, you don't have to be everyone's fucking cup of tea. I think also for me too, like watching other models and seeing that a lot of them had the same scars. I'm like, well, goddamn, if she can do that, I can do that too. So yeah. A little bit of you know, solidarity going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. At the end of the day, anyone who's like commenting on your content about that shit, like, bro, you paid to be here. Like, right. You're really going to talk shit about what you just paid for? <laughs> yeah. Well, they do. They I, do sometimes. I, I know. I know. It gives them some weird entitlement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I hate to break it to you, Internet. Most of your opinions don't matter. <laughs> I know it gives you power to feel to express them, but you are literally screaming into the void. Yeah. Yeah. If you want your opinion to actually matter, create something. Create something of value. Right. Right. Comment section is not something, not a value creation. So, yeah, I don't cover anything anymore. I am who I am. As you should be. And so it's very freeing. I'm glad you're happy with it. Shit. <laughs> like, as it fucking should be. Like, more performers should take your fucking example and, like, embrace their imperfections and, like, not have such self esteem issues because. It's it is difficult because especially if you're a younger performer, right? I've heard from plenty of young performers like the comment section is a goddamn murder. Oh, the comments, the comments. Like I, I've had performers be like, "I can't get a couple pounds." People will fucking talk about right, it, right? Right. But at the end of the day, why do you value these people's opinions? It is interesting. So I have lost, uh, you know, about 20 pounds in the last few months. And 
I am always shocked that viewers, that they see that because I don't see it. And so it, it circles back to how we view ourselves versus our fans. So that has been interesting. Has it been mostly a positive response? Yeah, it it has, you know, and um, it was really just for health reasons, you know, but it wasn't necessarily for vanity. Hey, it's nice when they both work out that way. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, oh, I noticed you lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, well, not a lot, but I'm trying to be healthier. Right. I'm trying not to drink so much whiskey. My bad. <laughs> I, I have not poured a single glass for you tonight. I know. Not a single glass. <laughs> Any whiskey that has been consumed, you have poured. By my own hand. Right? Yes. You did this to yourself. <laughs> this whole experience tonight, you did to yourself. You got this book to yourself. You poured your own whiskey. You showed up. This is, if you have a hangover tomorrow, it's on you. I did nothing. Yeah, I don't really do hangovers, so I think I'll be good. Good on you. <laughs> I don't get them very often, but when I get them, it's like, oh, God. Like hell. Well, as we get older, it takes a few more days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's sometimes like... Fuck, I don't get these very often. Now, now I'm gonna just be dying for the next couple days. Or versus like in my twenties, like, oh, I'm gonna knock back a Gatorade, go right to work, and I'll be fine. Yes. In fact, you would show up to work the next day in the same clothes that you went to club in. That happens sometimes. Just throw a coat over it. I even in my like late twenties, early thirties, I had an employer who's like, I had to unfollow you on Twitter because I do not need to know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> I, I very regularly in Chicago was closing 4 a.m. bars and then being at work at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. Like, because I, I worked from 7. I'd be off by like between 12.30 and 2 most days. I'd go home, power nap, eat something, and then go out to the bar. Then close the bar at 4 a.m., go home, like power nap again, turn around, go to work. Those were the days. Like, I mean, I, I got up at 3.45 this morning to get that 7 a.m. flight out of Portland. <laughs> Had to take a nap. Yeah, about two p.m. Yeah, no more uh, twenty-four hour. I I think if you're properly motivated, you could still do it. Yeah, maybe. I understand coming to do and now we drink is not so fucking exciting. We're like, yes, I, it is. I'm so excited. We've been planning this for months. We have, we have. Hell, I like it happened. Like it was an early Christmas present because originally we rescheduled for January. So I think so. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping to be back for Xbiz. We'll see. Oh, you're encouraging me to go to Xbiz? You're like, I'm not even sure I'm going to be there. But well, I'm not really. <laughs> Let's see how, how. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. AVN, yes, that's a go. Yeah, it's in Vegas. I get it. I get it. I mean, Xbiz should be fun. It's in here in Hollywood. Like the Palladium's like a cool spot. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I talked a little shit about Xbiz, please. Give me my media badge, please. <laughs> Give him the media badge. It's a little light shit. Like, it comes to the territory. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Just saying, I don't have to justify myself to you people. So what is the deciding factor if you go to Expos or not? So it's always money, of course. Um, yeah. So let's see how many collabs and, you know, that kind of thing so i haven't i haven't 100 percent decided as of today yo motherfuckers make it rain on her so she can <laughs> go to xbiz oh it's hard when you have two um big events back to back i mean literally i would fly back into portland have one night at home and fly back out so why even go back home at that point i know yeah 
It's true. I've wondered that. Because you could just make the drive from LA to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Four-hour drive. Right. Tops. Right. Fucking rent a car. Boom. It, fuck flying back to Portland. Well, let's see um, how my fans if they pull through. Right. Make it rain, motherfucker. Rain. Ruby's got to you know pay for fucking conventions, and then you could come meet her. And like, yeah, it's expensive. I think the fans don't realize how expensive it is to travel. Oh, it, it's insane! Like a hotel alone is like seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. And this is why I'm probably not going to AVN this year. Yeah, yeah. I could crash your friends in Vegas, but then I'm way off site, and it's like, right. well, I, I don't want to try to figure out how to get from site to my friend's place. Well, that's the thing. If you're not staying at a host hotel, you've got you know you've got Uber, Lyft costs, you know all that stuff, and so by the time you add all that in. Almost a wash. I mean, not always, but sometimes it's about a wash. For sure. And it's also the awkwardness of like, hey, friends I'm crashing with. Right. Like, you have a, well, now 18-year-old child who lives with you. Like, ignore me coming in fucking trashed, smelling like, you know, probably sex. And, uh, yeah. Like, hi, (laughs) 18-year-old. Hi. True. I'm your friend's. I'm your parents' friend. Yeah. yeah. That's always awkward. So we'll see. Hopefully you make it. Yeah, I hope so. I think it will be good. So before you leave L.A., who else is on the press tour? Uh, Before I leave L.A., I'm doing a radio show um, tomorrow night. (laughs) Controlled Chaos. That's what it is. I did think about that because I've had a little bit of whiskey. Um, Friday, I'm doing the All Out show on Sirius XM. I'm excited about that. Yeah, and then Friday afternoon, I'm actually shooting a scene with an iconic, iconic 90s pro porn star. Male or female? Female. Is it one that's been on your show? Yes. Oh, I guess I'll leave it at that. Mm-mm. I, I'm I'm pretty confident. I'm hoping it all work out. So, you know, there's always that. Yeah. But the- We're talking, but we've got two days to decide. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm hoping it happens. Like, that would be a fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I'm fangirling, so we'll see. Yeah. Oh, my God. You get to fuck someone that has probably, like, had swimming pools full of ejaculate just filled to them over the years. <laughs> like, you're the envy of many, 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 many men. There you go. There you go. So we'll see. How does that feel? How does that feel? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's right, bro. You only fantasize about this. I get to do it. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see. But either way, I'm just so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. I'm glad we finally connected. Me too. Me too. Like, I, as I said earlier in the show, it was kind of funny when your publicist reached out. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I mean, we already had a range. Okay, cool. I mean, I know, but I'm like, I'm paying her the big bucks. So I'll just let her do my legwork. Hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> well, Ruby Lynn. It is going to be time to call last call on this motherfucker so you can pee and get you out of here. Oh, I'm like, ah! Is that on camera? I hope that was on camera. <laughs> A little bounce for the audience at home. Us old gals got small bladders syndrome. Since we were calling last call, where can they find you on the things? So uh, the best place to find me is rubylynn.com. R-U-B-Y-L-Y-N-N-E.com. It's my verified links page. And so you will find all things Ruby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Any other appearances or, you know, 
particular clips you want to promote before we get out of here? Yeah, so I'll be at AVN. I will be in the Chatterbait booth. Um, excited about that. I will have prints. I will sign for you, take pictures with you. It'll be so fun. So come see me. Ruby, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer for the gaming content, the exclusive Patreon content at patreon.com slash Matt Slayer. You can find the podcast at and now we drink on Twitter, and now we drink underscore on Instagram, and until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. <laughs>